All right, welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and this show is about your rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard of and care about and certainly would miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. And we see this every year more and more. And each year, more and more personal rights are erased from the books while Americans stand idly by. Not because we don't care. Of course we care. Because our lives are busy enough trying to feed our families and raise our kids. While we're busying ourselves with life, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us, like the frog who gets boiled without even knowing it. Well, on this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas, not just those issues that affect people in 10,000 square foot houses and gated communities either. We'll take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around. Later in the show, we'll be reaching out to Washington, D.C. to visit with Congressman Lloyd Doggett, the United States House of Representatives. Well, let's talk about something that you should be very concerned about. Right now, 2011, a dozen states, a dozen states in our union have passed laws that impede voters getting to the ballot box. Yep, you heard me right. Keep people away from the boxes. It's a widespread, deliberate effort to prevent or discourage Millions of mostly Democratic voters from voting. I'm talking about elderly people, students, minorities, immigrants, and even veterans. Ohio Senator Sherwood Brown points out that rather than protecting the right to vote, we're seeing a brazen attempt around the country to undermine it. Why would anybody in America want that to happen? Well, now many states are requiring that draconian hurdles to proving one's identity be followed before a vote can be cast. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, but th- we we have such a law. In fact, right here in Texas, we passed one. Uh, we've got these laws that are now requiring a photo ID to vote, and, and this is done, ladies and gentlemen, with full knowledge that many groups in our society do not have current identification. They just don't have it, including ones that are predominantly Democratic. That doesn't make them any less American, but they don't have IDs. And to get an ID, you need a passport or a birth certificate both of which cost time and money for the working citizen to obtain. Look, these aren't folks sitting around in country clubs all day. It takes time. takes effort. All of a sudden, we're going to make it more difficult, more difficult to get to the polls. Does this make any sense? Yeah, I didn't think so either. Right here in Texas, we've got one, too. We've got a doozy of a new law. I'm a card-carrying supporter of the Second Amendment's right to bear arms, but even I have to scratch my head on this one. You ready for this one, ladies and gentlemen? You ready? Our new law in Texas will let you vote if you have a concealed handgun license, but not if you're a military veteran with a VA card. Is that absurd? Is that absurd? Listen, I'll leave that uh, to you to ponder the wisdom of, but that's the type of thing that we're facing. That's the type of block that is being put in between people and the ballot box every day now in America. And 2011 was the biggest zinger of all, with 12 states passing laws that severely, severely restrict your ability to get to the polls. Well, could it be you think that uh, conservatives are hoping that the extra hurdles will dilute the popular vote? Well, Nonsense. Nonsense, says the GOP. These measures are needed to eliminate widespread voter fraud. You heard me right. Widespread voter fraud. Really? Is that why the Department of Justice held a major probe for five years? 
2002 to 2007, and didn't prosecute a single person, not a single person for impersonating someone else at the polls. I'm an attorney, and prior to that I was a police officer, and I'm going to tell you I've never seen any arrests for voter fraud. Now, if you want to look into real fraud on the voters, scratch your head and try to figure out how the GOP won the White House in 2000 after losing the popular vote. Isn't, isn't what these groups really, isn't what they're really trying to do is to say that the problem, are there too many progressives and liberals voting? That's the problem. Aren't they really just mad that some communities came out in record numbers for the first time in 2008, pushing Obama over the top? Seems to me that's what we're talking about. U.S. Representative John Lewis recently explained to Congress that this is a deliberate and systematic attempt to prevent millions of elderly voters, young voters, students, minority and low-income voters from exercising their constitutional right to engage in the democratic process. That's shameful, ladies and gentlemen. But wait, 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 wait. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina can explain it all. He claims that the attacks of 9-11 justified the voter ID laws. Yeah, you heard that right. He claims that all of the hijackers, five or six of them, had fake driver's licenses. Are you kidding me? So this is the argument. Let me make sure I got it straight. The argument is that before these six men committed horrible acts of terror, they stopped by a local precinct and inappropriately voted in a school board election? Really? Of course they had fake IDs. They were terrorists. Terrorists bent on committing severe felonious acts. And this supports a voter ID law how? It's already against the law in all 50 states to have a fake ID. Now, Senator Graham is a good man. He's a good man with much to be proud of. Using our nation's morning on 9-11 to try and make this ridiculous argument in favor of the need for stricter voter ID laws is, well, it's frankly, it's not his finest hour. Numerous studies make it clear, ladies and gentlemen, that impersonation at the voting booth is virtually non-existent in America. Doesn't happen. It's not there. People aren't impersonating other people in the voting booth. But not so fast, not so fast, because if you point this out to the mastermind behind Indiana's law, GOP Representative Todd Rokita, he'll claim that, listen, there's a lot of evidence of voter fraud. That's what he said. There's a lot of evidence of voter fraud. So we ask, well, where's the empirical data? Where's, where's the evidence of all this voter fraud that you're speaking of? He said, well, well, we just don't hear about it because prosecutors choose not to pursue it. Well, why in the blazes not? I thought this was a serious problem. Remember? A virtual pandemic. Hmm. Something doesn't sound right to me. Let's get this straight. We have widespread voter fraud in the United States. Therefore, we need voter ID laws. And here's the proof that we have. The proof that we have is, number one, we have absolutely no credible study saying that this is the case. Zero. Number two, Obama won in 08. That's got to prove something. Number three, President Bush's five-year federal investigation did not prosecute one single person for impersonating another at the polls. Five years the FBI spent on this, and they found zero. Uh-huh. Number four, Obama won in 08. Maybe that's the reason. 
Reason number five, the 9-11 hijackers had fake IDs. Oh, my goodness. Just like half of all 20-year-old college students. How about number six? Maybe it's because Obama won in 08. You heard that one before? Or number seven, it's such a huge problem that even though it really exists, we just choose not to prosecute it. That makes no sense to me at all. Gee whiz, I wonder why this widespread problem is such a priority now. Hmm. Coincidence, maybe, that these uh, laws are just in time for the 2012 election? We're talking about the right to vote, ladies and gentlemen. The right to vote in a democracy. Pretty important. You know, we rebelled against a country that was governing us where the king was the law, and we opted for a country where the law is the king. Don't give it up so easily. 15th Amendment to the United States Constitution in 1870. Look at the progress we've made. We prohibited discrimination based on race. Then the 19th Amendment, 1920. We prohibited discrimination based on sex. Look, we're making progress. Amendment 24 in 1964. Poll taxes are prohibited. We're getting closer to the way things should be. Then in 1971, the 26th Amendment. We extended the vote to 18-year-olds. What else have we done? We've done away with literacy tests to get to the polls. Numerous cases have addressed whether your wealth matters, whether your residency matters, whether you own real estate. These are issues, real issues, that have plagued voters for centuries. And we in America have solved those problems like other countries haven't been able to because our courts have said enough is enough, we're not going to tolerate it. Our Congress has said that's not going to work, and they passed the Voting Rights Act. Those are important things, things that we ought to be proud of and defend. You see a theme here? We spent the last century removing obstacles to the ballot box. That's what we've done. We look at the history. Look at the amendments. Look at the federal laws. We spent the last century removing obstacles to the ballot box, and then we turn right around in 2011 and do everything we can to put more hurdles in front of the ballot box, even though there's no evidence that this is remotely needed. And by the way, how can you even say that that's needed in a democracy? There are other plans, of course, to reduce the progressive vote. That's not the only one. There are others. How about making it tougher to register? Yeah, making it tougher to register. You know, you have to register in order to go vote, right? you got to get the card. you got to have it with you. Or you have to at least be on the rolls. you got to register. Well, rock the vote and the League of Women Voters. That's what they do. They go out and they get people to register to vote. Like civics teachers, they're kind of like coaches. Let's encourage the people in our communities to go out and take a part in the government that they live in. What great work is that? Spreading the word of democracy. Nothing could be more noble. Go vote, they say. And they never get involved in politics. That's not their role. Their role doesn't have anything to do with the political system other than to get people out and voting. Get them registered and get them voting. But in 2008, Rock the Vote helped 2.5 million people register to vote in this country. 2.5 million people that otherwise wouldn't have voted. And since Obama won, that's got to be bad. So it seems, because these laws in the dozen states I'm talking about are GOP-controlled, but... Listen to this. In in Florida, for instance, emergency legislation was passed this year. You, you get the word emergency, right? It usually means that we've got to do something right away. And this must have been an emergency for them. Emergency legislation was passed that says groups like Rock the Vote must turn in registration forms within 48 hours and fill out large stacks of bureaucratic paperwork. Yeah, if they want to go out and register people, this is what they've got to do. And by the way, here's the kicker. Any failure of this 
means that the volunteer can be charged with a felony. So now we want to catch the nefarious civics volunteer? Really? That's what we're trying to do? Wow. Look out for the little old lady at church who promotes democracy. But don't forget, this is all designed to prevent further instances of widespread voter fraud. Yeah, it is, right? That's what we've heard. Voter fraud is on the rise, i.e. Obama won in 08. Well, they must be right, because when you look at the massive arrest numbers for voter fraud over the last three years in the state of Florida, you will be amazed. You're going to be amazed by this. The sheer volume of voter fraud will shock you. Are you ready? Three arrests have been made in Florida statewide. Three arrests. And none of those for impersonating somebody else. They were for things like the registration was expired when they went to vote. So even a Republican state senator in Florida broke ranks and squealed on his party, and he said, listen, there are no examples of all this fraud they speak about, and why in the world are we having emergency legislation for it? Here's another one. Slash the early voting dates. This is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, 2011 in America has seen more impediments put in front of the ballot box than ever before in one year. After the fiasco in Florida in the year 2000, we all remember that, Many states increased the number of voting days that you could vote early. So early voting. It used to be the absentee thing, and now it's early voting. We'll let people actually take their time over the few weeks before and go vote. Great idea. Encourages civic involvement. Even Republican Governor Jeb Bush thought so. He said, we're going to have a higher voter turnout, and I think that's wonderful. Well, he was right. That's a very good statement. Well, until Obama won. Then Republican support for early voting vanished. This time, there was no magic explanation. Listen to what happened. It just slashed. This year, without explanation, without explanation, many states shrunk the early voting dates. In Florida, it went from 14 days to 8 days. Ohio went from 35 days to 11 days. And here's a great one. And banned, both states banned early voting on the Sunday before the election. Why? No rationale was given for that. Doesn't make any sense. Why just that one day? Does it have anything to do with the fact that historically that's a day when minority churches round up their parishioners to go vote? I don't know. So here's the conservative message to America. You can vote, but only if you agree with us. Well, Mr. GOP, if your ideas work, then why are you worried about people getting to the polls? Why are we worried about that? Coming up, we're going to be opening the mailbag to uh, see what you have to say to me, so stick around for that. But ladies and gentlemen, listen here. The real problem with elections in America isn't voter fraud. It's the abysmally low turnout at the polls. We should be encouraging voting, not finding ways to stifle the opinions of people who might disagree with those in power. Now, just to remind you, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and this is where we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of your American rights. Time to reach into the mailbag and see what people have to say. As always, if you have something to say, send it to me at speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Today we have an email from John in Fort Worth. Wyatt, I read your article in the San Antonio Express News recently calling for civility. When discussing politics, it is spot on. Your advice to bring good ideas to the table, but not your bad manners, is something I'll keep telling my kids. Well, thanks, John. And from Jeff in San Antonio, Wyatt, I admire you for taking a public stand on a topic that is guaranteed to generate responses from the exact same people who cannot handle civic public discourse. Wow. Jeff, guess what? That's exactly what happened. In my commentary, I encourage keeping political arguments relevant and point 
you know, right on point. Uh, I encouraged uh, keeping political arguments civil, uh, not tending towards any type of violence or violent overtones. And, and I called for ending the fear and hate mongering in, in uh, well, I guess in political discussions is really the way I phrased it. So guess what? I guess we struck a nerve because nine-tenths of the blog responses proved the point of the article. They were totally off point, rude, non-civil, and full of hate, many of which bordered on violent. Uh, I guess these people obviously believe in the Sam Kinison approach to winning an argument. Uh, you've heard of that one, right? It's just yell louder and more often. All this for exercising my First Amendment rights, which I'll keep doing. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, we should all be very wary, very wary indeed and worried when social repercussions for exercising our free speech threaten to stifle it all together. Uh, we want to begin uh, here with a 1964 quote from the United States Supreme Court. We're getting ready to have a guest join us, but I want to say this. While it may not be possible to draw congressional districts with mathematical precision, there is no excuse for ignoring our Constitution's plain objective of making equal representation for equal numbers of people the fundamental goal for the House of Representatives. That is the high standard of justice and common sense which the founders set for us. Well, we're getting ready to have a guest join us, and with a fight currently going on over congressional redistricting, uh, Texas Republicans have set their sights on drawing Representative Lloyd Doggett out of office by reconfiguring Texas's 25th congressional district. Since they can't beat him at the polls, their new map is drawn in such a way to make it extremely difficult for a Democrat from Austin to be elected to Congress. So the result is that the most liberal city in Texas gets denied an effective voice. Wow, that's shameful. Joining us is nine-term Congressman Lloyd Doggett, who represents the 25th Congressional District. He's a former justice on the Texas Supreme Court. Congressman Doggett has been a longtime champion of Texans' rights, believes in Medicare, and the very real help it provides our seniors. As a senior member of the Budget and Ways and Means Committees in Congress, Congressman Doggett has worked to expand this commitment for every American family. He also works tirelessly to insist that the federal education dollars, guess what, get to our kids in school. Boy, that's not such a novel thought, is it? Congressman, thank you for joining us today. Why, it is so good to join you, and you are right about uh, what you've been saying uh, today on uh, these efforts to really discourage people from voting and to place obstacles in their way. Uh, congressional redistricting is just another example of that. Imagine splitting shirts in three or four pieces and splitting uh, and dividing and carving up so many of the neighborhoods in San Antonio so that half the Harlandale School District is in one congressional district and half in another. Uh, Judson split about three ways. Uh, this is just not right. It's a very cynical move not just to get rid of me as somebody who's willing to stand up to Governor Perry and some of the wrongs that I see in Washington, but it's really about denying people an opportunity to express with their neighbors their views and to hold every member that represents them accountable and to demand accessibility so that member of Congress is out there. And I just want to say, uh, of course, in passing, you mentioned that I was once uh, Justice Lloyd yes. Doggett serving yes. black robes on the Supreme Court. I, right. I know how long uh, you and your family have been committed to seeing that people get justice through our jury system, through our civil justice system, and it's so great that you're now spreading the word through this radio program 
uh, to your listeners Thank about you. the rights that they have because you you live it and practice it every day in your professional work. Well, we do, and I appreciate that. You know, the jury system is in a totally totally another topic that's just as, as as vibrant as any. And I thank you for pointing that out. You know, I, I think you hit something here, and and maybe you can just tell us. I mean, isn't this type of redistricting that that is being uh, attempted? Isn't this really just another form of of the same type of voter disenfranchisement that 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 we see going on trying to keep people away from the polls themselves? It really is. If you live in the Judson School District there in San Antonio and this plan stays in effect, you've got to kind of wonder who your member of Congress is. When they say there ought to be a law and you want to track down a member of Congress to say that, the lines are so crooked and carved up, they really deny you that opportunity. When you want to say, I think what's going on in Washington is just flat wrong, and you want somebody to come out to your neighborhood association or your Lions Club or Optimus Club or, or your PTA, uh, who do you call? It's it's so split up. It's so carved up. I was originally uh, elected to represent 98% of my home county, and the only reason that this map is as it is is the desire to gerrymander, perrymander people uh, to get uh, uh, people like me out of office. I, I stood up, as you mentioned, to uh, Governor Perry in demanding that dollars of federal aid coming to Texas schools go to Texas schools and just not be used just to plug sure. a budget gap, but to see that we get some improvement in the quality of our schools, aren't having to shut down programs and, and fire good teachers. So uh, now this this whole idea then uh, of the gerrymander is, is, is really not just being done uh, for any other reason of what you're telling us than to, to make certain that either folks are elected or defeated, as the case may be, from particular uh, districts based on their, their party affiliation. Exactly. You know, if okay. they uh, let my neighbors elect me, they keep electing me. Uh, but what's been done here is to take about half of the district uh, that comes down I-35 in a way that if you hold your doors open as you go down I-35, you get most of the voters in some places like around New Braunfels, uh, and carves and splits up uh, about half the population in Bear County and about half the population that I've represented up around San Marcos, Lockhart, and Austin in a way that is to the disadvantage of both. Uh, but I'm determined, I must say, uh, why to defeat uh, these folks at their own game. If the courts do not change this, right. and I hope that uh, they will make changes, uh, I'm going to continue to be in San Antonio at every opportunity uh, to meet with people, to listen, and to let them know that I want to be their voice in Washington and sure. not just be part of the problem up there, of which there are many problems. I see, just uh, as you do in your work, I see so many people around Washington coming up and saying, uh, Congressman Doggett, this and that. They've got a lobbyist with a fleet of limousines up there. You bet. Uh, and somebody has to be there to go toe-to-toe and say, uh, you know, there are folks uh, that are living down there in San Antonio. They might be making a living driving a truck. They might be worried about whether or not their next truck payment, they're going to have the dollars to make the payment. And, you know, there are a few people that have had a house foreclosed, and they may be living out of a truck. Yeah. Somebody ought to be up there speaking for them instead of just listening to all these certified smart people that go around Washington. Boy, isn't that the truth? I think they know everything. Isn't that the truth? They do not understand the experiences 
of working families and folks that want to work and have not yet been able to secure a job in this economy. Well, we've been watching you up there in Washington do just that. And, and before I, I get any further down the road, I'm going to tell you thank you from uh, from the bottom of our hearts uh, and certainly my family uh, for all the work that you've done for this great country. But let me ask you this question, Congressman. Uh, are these map drawing violations occurring around the country or is well, this just going on here? They are, but I think they're a little worse in Texas. Uh-huh. Texas, because of the tremendous growth we've had, especially the growth we've had among our Hispanic population, will get four new members of Congress. Uh, it should be very easy to draw the lines and maintain communities of interest so that a member of Congress is within a short drive of all the people that he or she represents, much like uh, Henry B. Gonzalez and now Charlie Gonzalez in San Antonio. Instead. Yes. These uh, districts are being contorted the, the way it comes into Bear County in the area that, that I hope to continue serving in. looks like a giant fish hook of sorts. It does. Uh, I looked at the map. It is good it, looking. And <laughs> uh, it's uh, just bizarre. Some people say this uh, Governor Perry plan is crazy, but I have to say it's, it's not crazy. It's very cunning. It's very much designed to eliminate foes in ways that he could not be successful on at the ballot box against me. And so the idea is keep drawing him in with new people that don't know Congressman Doggett, and uh, uh, hopefully they won't be able to learn enough about each other to uh, uh, to get together. Well, I that's went, right. Go I ahead. went through this once before mm-hmm. when uh, they connected me uh, all the way to Mexico and managed to prevail. I'm going to do it this time. How uh, many miles did you put on your car then, well, Congressman? Quite a few. It was a 350-mile district. I was out uh, recently uh, at a wonderful parade in Harlandale celebrating public education, uh, and I, along the, the walking there, about a mile and a half of walking uh, with uh, some of the uh, high school drill members and uh, right. some of my supporters, there was a sign on the road that said, McAllen, 224 miles. Uh, that's how far from San Antonio I once was sent. But uh, good folks in the Rio Grande Valley joined with me. We managed to overcome uh, the scheme, and I just believe we'll do that this year as I'm able to uh, get out and visit more neighborhood associations and with veterans at VFW Post and Legion Hall. Right on. And let them know what my commitment is to stand up for working well, families and that I haven't changed a bit. No, you haven't. Washington, I've tried to change Washington. Yeah, so I, know you ha- <laughs> I know you have, Congressman. I'm going to have to draw this one short, but I want to thank sure. you one more time. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Wyatt, Oh, you betcha. You Listen, and I'll tell you what, everybody, no right is more precious in a free country than that of having a voice in the election uh, that uh, makes us the good citizens we are. We're going to wrap this episode up, but as you go through your week, remember that it was just learn- Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we are to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment, thou shalt not ration justice. Have a good day, everybody. Let's talk again next week right here on the Justice for All Wyatt Wright Show. Fight, fight.